0: We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky.
1: Hello, my beautiful friend, my exquisite soul sibling. I am so honored to be spending a few moments together here today on Journey to Center. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making Empower a part of your life. So we all want to be happy, healthy, and in love, and we deserve to be. So how do we manifest this for ourselves in a world where suffering, confusion, and chaos seems so prevalent? Spiritual teachers and philosophers alike advise us as human beings to know thyself. So why is this? what does it really mean and how do we do it? I personally sat with these questions a lot and answers have revealed themselves. And as this has happened, I have indeed become a happier, healthier, more whole, and more loving human being. Here to delve into this important subject of knowing oneself and to share his wonderful wisdom is a guest I've had on before and thoroughly enjoyed, so I invited him back. And I'm so honored to be spending time with him and with you, and sharing him with you here today. We're so very fortunate to have with us John Adago. John has studied philosophy for over 45 years and led groups in the study of philosophy, economics, and meditation. John has founded several corporations, has been a builder, and an entrepreneur. He is also the author of East Meets West and a wonderful new book entitled Ancient Wisdom Can Enrich Your Life today. So John, thank you for saying yes to having this conversation today.
0: Well, thank you, Tammy.
1: So I read your first book, East Meets West, and have had you on the show uh, and talked about that. And so you sent me a copy of your new book, Ancient Wisdom Can Enrich Your Life Today. Loved it so much. There's so many different chapters and nuggets of wisdom that have Um, enriched my life since I've read it. So can you tell me a little bit about why you decided to write this book?
0: Well, yes. Um, One of the quotes that I use in the book is that uh, one of the greatest tragedies of the past, excuse me, of the present, is to forget the wisdom of the past. Mm. People tend to think uh, of the spiritual leaders and philosophers Of hundreds or even thousands of years ago, uh, that as if they were addressing a time and a place that had little relevance to us. Um, But in fact, human nature has not changed, nor have the laws that govern the creation and our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, The wisdom that was handed down by these master teachers and philosophers is still as relevant today as it was when they addressed these issues. Uh, For the simple reason that men and women have always been on a quest for identity and to know thyself. Mm.
1: So true. And again, you know, a lot of the philosophers and spiritual teachers will tell us to know thyself. And when I first read this, I didn't really know what that meant. I kind of do, but I want to hear from your perspective what that means. What does it mean to really know thyself?
0: Well, we're not speaking about the personality. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not speaking about the traits and characteristics that we kind of develop as we grow up and mature, so much as we're speaking about our essential nature. Mm -hmm. What I am as a man or a woman, um, fundamentally. uh, And to begin to become aware of this essential nature, is the way toward liberation. We're born with essential qualities, with strengths and talents, Um, but then pretty quickly we begin to absorb through imitation and education um, a lot of thoughts and ideas and habits and behaviors uh, that are not necessarily natural to us. We pick them up by imitation and because people around us praise them. And so what can often happen is one can grow up into something that is hardly recognizable to what their essential qualities are. Uh, the way back is first to just simply begin to observe oneself. That is, to begin to take note of the way I behave, about the thoughts, about the feelings. Um. And also about the quality of attention that I bring to my daily tasks. It doesn't take much observation to realize that we play touch and go with our attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Even in the midst of a conversation, I might begin to have thoughts or feelings about something that really has nothing to do with this conversation. Uh, And these are kind of repeating thoughts. They're... uh, where the attention drifts off. We might even be in the daydream. But what the master teachers taught was that it's possible to refine that quality of attention, Mm -hmm. to be present, to be in touch with myself and the environment and the people around me.
1: Mm. This is a quote from your book about attention. And I just love it so much to give one's full attention to task at hand. Listening with full attention is not common. The quality of communication is determined not so much by what I say, but what is heard. Boundless happiness that lies inside the heart of the inner self with every human being is supremely great and supremely lovable. I think that is such an exquisite quote. And I completely agree to bring ourselves really into the present moment. And to be in um, that place of attention, and I think reverence is a word that comes to mind for me, just to be really present in our loving. It really is a gift to ourselves, and I think to those that we encounter, and I also think it's a gift to the universe. I think God appreciates this as well.
0: Yes. Um, In fact, to give one's full attention to someone, and to listen fully, is really a rare experience, um, in fact, today we you know, pay therapists and uh, doctors and consultants large fees to simply listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this being heard and, and being loved in this way is really something that we need as much as we need air or water. Um, children crave this quality of attention. Uh, and, and, and so do adults.
1: Yes, and that's why I do this show. It's about relationship, relatedness. It's about connection, and I think that's where we find our deepest um, sense of fulfillment, to know ourselves as love and to connect with others from that place of our heart. And something I really um, enjoyed very much about your book, and hadn't quite read this anything like this quite before, but you talk about the three different forms of love. And I think this is important to really consider and to discern. There's instinctual, emotional, and intentional or conscious love. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think this is so powerful and so important.
0: Yes. Um, well, instinctive love is is really a matter of physical attraction, and it really is is, is simply biology. Um, we've all heard. Someone or even ourselves say at one time or another, he or she is not my type or is my type. Uh, and in fact, we are attracted to certain people uh, and and others that attraction is not there. And often that's the beginning of, of a relationship, someone we find someone attractive. Uh, the second kind of love, which is sometimes called emotional love, is really a rabbit immature form of love. It's I begin to relate to you um, so that you will like me. Uh, So I begin to behave to you because I'm looking for something in return. Mm -hmm. Um, When this happens between a parent and child, we, we might call this spoiling the child because I might give the child things that aren't particularly good for the child. But they excite and make the child momentarily happy, and and we appreciate that affection. People do this with members of the opposite sex as well. Um, In adolescence, we call this puppy love. Mm. The problem with this kind of love is it it really isn't in the interest of the beloved. Uh, And as he or she begins to become aware of that, Well, then he he or she begins to grow indifferent to that quality of attention. Now, when we speak about mature love or conscious or intentional love, we're speaking about something quite different. Here we're speaking about, I relate to you for your benefit. My entire desire is actually to fulfill your needs and desires. In a sense, I'm not even in the picture. On and since I am not in the picture, the two become one. This is how we achieve unity with another person. Now, the beautiful thing about intentional or conscious love is it tends to evoke the same in response. Uh, I remember when I first started dating my wife at the time, I was very much into nutrition and I would kind of, she would come over and I'd, oh, I'd give her vitamins, <laughs> <laughs> I her things that I thought she needed. Uh, and then one day we sat down to have dinner together, and the vitamins that I was taking were sitting next to my plate. Uh, and it was really kind of a remarkable moment to realize that you begin to care for another person in the sense of, I am looking to nurture her highest and finest parts. Well, pretty soon that begins to be returned.
1: Mm-hmm. and that is a beautiful thing that happens and something I've learned about this quality of unconditional love and perhaps we do love someone unconditionally and maybe they don't give us that Well, um, that's right. same love in return but what I found is as long as I stay in my relationship with that something greater even if that person doesn't show up exactly like how I want them to then the space is created for someone else to show up And it's been interesting to see how certain people have moved away from me going higher in this, um, way of sharing love and how other people have come forward, but how my needs are always, always met. I'm just living a life of love now. And, um, I'm not too concerned about the details. I know that something greater, which I perceive spirit as unconditional love, how, um, that energy that's moving the planets around the sun is taking care of the details of my life. And I'm so fulfilled. It's such a different way of being than when I think I was living more from that searching for emotional love or chemistry and trying to fill up something inside of me that didn't feel quite full or whole yet.
0: Yes. And so we begin to practice love as an art. Ah uh, yes. Right? And and it and it's an art that has to be learned and then practiced. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lifetime to master. Um, We're talking about learning how to care for the people around us, Um, our partners, our children, our clients, our neighbors, that when we are in front of someone, we serve them. We see what it is that they need, and we seek to provide it. And when we say unconditional love, that doesn't mean that every form of behavior is acceptable. Uh, but what we're learning to, to acknowledge is that the essential nature of this person in front of us is no different than I am. Mm-hmm. And when we say know thyself, we're, we're not speaking about the color of my hair or you know, how tall I am or even my, the roles I play or my mannerisms. We're seeking to know that essence that I say I am, and I am that when I am 10, and I am that when I am 30, and I am that when I am 50. There's an essential something that does not change. Uh, We could call it spirit, or we could call it consciousness, um, or we could call it the life force um, Mm -hmm. or the soul. It's the essence of what I am. In the art of love, we begin to see that same self in the other person, in the person in front of us. We begin to realize that although we're very different in many ways, um, we're all unique, and yet this life force, this essence um, that I grow to love in another person is in fact no different than myself.
1: We are more alike than we are unalike. Yes. You have a quote from Carl Jung in your book too and um, he had said that much of our discomfort arises from the illusion of separation and when we connect to an enlarged sense of self through love we reestablish our connection through generosity and the practice of unconditional love. And you also talk about the devil's trident and the three prongs of criticism, judgment, and comparison, which leads to continued suffering and pain. So if we can remove those qualities of criticism, judgment, and comparison and relax more into the fact that the essence of who we are is love, and so is everyone else, even if they're not presenting it all the time, we certainly start to feel better and show up as a more spiritually mature person in our lives.
0: Yes. The the master teachers
1: uh,
0: often spoke about uh, what people call the negative emotions. We talk Mm -hmm. about envy and jealousy and worry and criticism and things that keep us very separate from those around us. And there was a very simple formulation that the expression of negative emotions leads to endless suffering and discomforts. So what we need to learn on this way to happiness and fulfillment is to let go of these negative emotions and replace them with the higher emotions of empathy, compassion, patience. This is what the Master teaches. This is what the saints taught by example. And of course, these people were loved. Because everyone is attracted to this outpouring of the essence of another individual as it comes toward me. We all seek it. We all seek this fulfillment and this acknowledgement and this praise. But what the master teachers taught was not that we seek it, but that we learn to practice it.
1: Mm -hmm. That we become it.
0: That we become it.
1: Beautiful. I love this so much, John. I love your book. I love your energy. I love your wisdom. Um, I just so appreciate having this conversation with you today. This is fantastic. Um, so another area that you address and teach about, and I think is so important and so helpful is meditation so often people will come to me and say, "Well, Tammy, I can't meditate. My brain's too active." And you say that anyone can meditate. This is this is available to all of us. So, can you speak a little bit about that?
0: Yes. Um, there have been many teachers of meditation. Um, the Maharishi who introduced transcendental meditation to Europe and America, uh, and really the result of his work was a very widespread practice. And one of the things he said is that the mind and the heart will just naturally go toward this inner silence and peace if it is simply given a simple method. Anyone can meditate, but that's not to say it is easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not easy. It requires a specific kind of subtle effort. Everyone that sits to, sit to meditate, which means they're looking not to be preoccupied in their own thoughts and feelings, but rather to find the stillness of themselves, which is a reservoir beneath these movements of feelings and thoughts. But of course, all day long we're involved in feelings and thoughts. They circulate almost continually through the day. So when I set myself the aim of, well, I'm going to sit down for a few minutes once or twice a day, perhaps 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever the practice is that you've been given, and attempt to let all that go. And what I'm letting go is actually the desires that push and pull me all day long. One desire arises after another, sometimes conflicting desires, and they push and tug and pull us. And sometimes at the end of the day, we feel like we've been pulled along by a big dog on a leash, (laughs) and we're just kind of chasing behind. And what the master teachers taught was not that we fulfill every desire, but that we learn to let go of some of these desires and pick the ones that are worth pursuing, the ones that actually will lead us to fulfillment. And one of the ways that happens is by practices such as meditation or study of, of, of fine works or listening to fine music or even a walk in nature. These are things or a meaningful conversation, a conversation in which we're attempting to meet the needs of another as opposed to being, oh, just enjoying the sound of our own voice, a condition we find ourselves in all too often. But it's possible to develop this comfort with myself when I learn to come to myself for a period of time every day. And the common reaction is, oh, my mind's too busy, or, oh, I just don't have the time. Um, but we do have the time. We have time for lots of things, and we all waste lots of time. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but we, it isn't so often that we take the time to rest in a place that really matters. One of the things that's learned from the practice of meditation is that this creative energy springs up from this stillness of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where the power to love, the power to find fulfillment, the power to express oneself in an art form, or just in the daily activities of life, fulfilling our obligations for family and community, it comes from within us. And, And what the master teachers taught was a simple method either through repetition of a mantra or through following the breath, to bring us back to a deeper sense of oneself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love what you're saying. And this quote, it is, um it really struck me as truth. Um, as sleep refreshes the body, resting in oneself refreshes the mind and heart. And to me, that is what meditation has become. And I feel stressed, my mind is going in too many different re- directions. I can just settle within myself, journey to center, relax, and allow myself to be replenished by that something greater, to be nurtured by it. And um, it's become so important and, and so helpful. And it's no longer a burden. I used to feel like meditation's a burden. I don't feel like that anymore. It's a, it's a blessing. And it's so helpful and so healing in so many regards. So I love the way you speak of it and the way you teach of it. And um, I love your mind and your heart, John.
0: Well, thank you. It's really a pleasure to speak with you, Sammy.
1: Oh, yes, you are a joy. So we just have a couple of minutes left here. Can you tell people how they can get a copy of either of your books or um, maybe get in touch with you?
0: Well, certainly. There are two books that have been published. One is East Meets West. And that's the story of the teachers from the East and the West who, during the last 60 years, worked to build a bridge over the cultural divide between East and West and introduce the ideas of meditation and Indian philosophy to Europe and America. Uh, and though that was a very significant happening. Um, in in the history of man. I mean, this this bringing of the knowledge and spiritual pursuits from the East to the West, and the West brought to the East a certain energy and technology that overcame some of the lethargy that existed in the East. So this was quite an event. Um, Some have said the story of the introduction of meditation and Indian philosophy is the greatest story never told, and it's Mm -hmm. really a nice phrase. The second book, Ancient Wisdom, Can Enrich Your Life Today, um, I bring to the reader stories, um, proverbs, and principles that have existed in the ma- mind of mankind for as long as there's been mankind. There have always been master teachers in every generation, in every era, that sought to lead men and women to a higher sense of self, to fulfillment, to well-being, and that's what the second book is about. These books can be uh, purchased on Amazon, um, and in either of the books, uh, the, uh, there's an email through, through my publisher, ProgramPublishing.com, and um, I, I can be reached for questions or if people, uh, I address groups. And um, and I'm available. So if people, and one of the um, great benefits of having published several books is I've been in touch with people literally all over the world, and people, authors, students, teachers um, have communicated with me that I would have never have communicated with. Not to mention the very nice side effect is people got in touch with me that I hadn't seen or heard from in 50 years. Uh, to get an email.
1: John, you are a gift and I'm so excited you've agreed to do another show with me next week and then the following week. So to my listeners, please tune back in the wisdom and joy and, um, Love is going to continue on. In the meantime, be in touch with me at TammyBPhD if you have questions, thoughts, ideas, anything you want to share. Please know that you're in our hearts and prayers and we're sending you blessings for grace, ease, joy, knowing yourself deeply as a spiritual being, having this human experience, and profound love. God bless you. Take good, gentle care of yourself. Onward and upward. Bye for now.